Welcome to The Slip, an Atlanta sports podcast for the true ATL. And I'm the host, Brandon Baird. You can follow me on Twitter at Bairdian underscore Slip. It's been a while since I've been talking to y'all. It's been a while since I've been on these airwaves. And it is going to be a great day today. We have a lot to get into um, because there's been so much happening in Atlanta sports that the primary sport that I feel like I talk about most often, I'm not even talking about today. We're not even going into the Falcons talk. But we are going to have some Hawks talk that's going to be on the ledger. We are going to have some Braves talk that's going to be on the ledger. But you know, you always know that there's one person that I'm definitely slipping on. You don't want to piss him off. Here is what he's slipping on. I'm slipping on Gabriel Heinze. And for most of y'all that are Atlanta fans, y'all know who exactly this bum is. But for the people who don't know about Atlanta sports, this is the recently fired coach of Atlanta United. Uh, of course, the the uh, soccer team that's in Atlanta. And this happened after he had a 2-4-7 record. And he was currently going on a streak of two months without a win. That is just quite frankly unacceptable for any team. Um, now, I can't say that the talent on Atlanta United's roster is the best that it's been. It definitely isn't. Um, over the past few years, especially since uh, that 2018 championship um, that they won, that there's a lot of pieces that's been missing. Darlington, Nagby, Miguel Almarone have all been transferred out for various reasons. One going on to the Premier League, another person that just wasn't vibing with the new coach. Um, and then you got some new players coming in like Brooks Lynn. Lennon. He's been good on the wing. But our other winger, um, Julian Gressel, he's in D.C. now. We weren't able to get him re-signed. But of all the players that he messed with, and out of all the issues, he messed with the wrong one. Because when you come at the king, you better not miss. And this man came at the king, Joseph Martinez. And if there's one thing in Atlanta that you just don't do, you don't mess with these big stars. You don't mess with you don't you don't mess with uh well I, I was gonna say Julio, but Julio's not here anymore. But you definitely still don't mess with him. You don't mess with a Matt Ryan. You don't mess with an Acuna. You don't mess with a Joseph Martinez. A person who was the MVP. A person who broke the scoring record one year and beat out his own record the next year. But it's just amazing that Carlos Vela had more, more goals that season. But this is a dude who ever since he came in to the MLS, has been dirty, has been amazing, has been a person that when you look at Atlanta United, you know you're getting an intense team that's going to score. Gabriel Heinze didn't do that. And he had plenty of other issues. He was training too much. It was reports of that. The style that he was trying to implement 
um, the the talent that was on the team just did not match up with what they needed to happen. And this is how you go two months without winning, without a win. And and then there was crazy reports that Gabriel Heinze was withholding water during the trainings. That's a no-no in middle school. That's a no-no in elementary school. And that's definitely a no-no in professional sports. You don't treat your players like that. That you aren't going to respond when you treat your players like that. And what's going to happen is those big players are going to step up and say, hey, this ain't right. You got to change something. And you know what Gabriel Heinze didn't do? He didn't change a damn thing. He said, this is going to be my way. But he learned that if you mess with the king and you don't go with his way, you're the one hitting the highway. And I love the press conference that Joseph um, had. And he spoke a lot of good things about what he expects from the club and, and what he expects from himself. And what he said first was in English, and then he other things he said through an interpreter. But he said this in English. I have this year, and I have two more years, meaning his contract. The first time I came here, I said, this is my club. This is my city, and I love to be here. I love this club. This is a person that you can tell was heartbroken by how the coach was treating his team. And when you face those situations, it's the first time this front office has done anything good for themselves lately, which was get rid of a bum coach that was absolutely hurting the team. When we'll be back, we'll talk in some Hawks. You're listening to The Slip with Brandon Baird. All right, welcome back to The Slip, an Atlanta sports podcast for the true ATLian. It's time to get into a little bit of Hawks talk. And when I first thought about what it's going to be like to talk about the Hawks at this point, it was probably going to be how they got bounced out in the first round. It was probably going to be how they went up 2-0 to the 76ers and then lost four straight. It was going to be how they got to the Eastern Conference Finals and then got swept. And none of those things happened. And so when I'm thinking about what actually happened with Atlanta and what the Hawks did, it was a complete deviation from anything that Atlanta teams usually do. I mean, you go back to last year with the Braves and how they make it to the uh, National League um, Championship, the NLCS. They go up 3-1 and then lose. Um, You look at how they are one of the better teams the previous year. They go up against the Cardinals and then get blown out like 12-1. This is going to hurt a little bit more. But you look at the Falcons how in 2010 they had the number one seed get their ass spanked by the Packers that went on to the Super Bowl. They make the wild card the next year. They score two points against the Giants. You go to 2016, 
and they should have a championship. These are the narratives that Atlanta has built up, and it's obvious. It hurts. Um, it, it's no, it's no point in trying to deny that. Um, but this Atlanta team is different. You look at the Knicks series where most people were taking the Knicks to win that. Um, you know, they they look at a team that actually got swept by the Knicks in the season series. I think they played three times. Knicks won all three. And for them to come out and dominate that team as they did, um, I think uh, they they won in um, in 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 five games. I think they won in five games because they finished up in New York, where where Trey Young took a bound. They asked. And that's unlike any Atlanta team to just come out and dominate a series like that. It it was shocking. Um, I expected, I, I, I did expect the Hawks to win because I thought they were a better team, but I did not expect them to win as they did. They made it look easy. And I don't know if y'all noticed anything um, else with... Um, Uh, anything else with um, other Atlanta teams, they don't make it look easy. They they just don't. Um, so so that's definitely something that happened. Um, and then you look at the next series against the 76ers. Now, Joel Embiid was a little bit hurt. Uh, you know, I'm not going to deny that. And, and the fact that Joel Embiid was able to do what he did while still dominating is actually kind of ridiculous. But the Hawks still pushed through. They still showed that they were the better team. They they were able to push through and beat a team whose starting point guard was scared to dunk the ball. Usually when Atlanta teams happen, they... They don't win those games. Something always happens. They always make some dumb mistake. They they don't do the right thing that needs to get done. But here, they did it. And it continues to amaze me how the Hawks played. And I don't think they got enough credit for how they went against the Bucks. Um, you know, you look at a team with the Bucks who, who, you know, just went on to win the NBA championship is that even though Giannis was hurt, so was Trey Young. And in that first game where Trey Young was hurt and Giannis was hurt, the Hawks won that game and the Hawks won that game big. But you look at the biggest thing of that series was Chris Middleton having two absolutely ridiculously dominant games. He didn't have any more games like that in in the rest of of the year or the rest of the um uh you know the rest of the playoffs. You know, he he was actually struggling in in the NBA finals 
You know, it it's not like he was putting up those crazy quarters where he was just going off for like 20 points in a quarter. And for the Hawks to continue to fight back as they did was was absolutely phenomenal and it makes me hopeful for the next season because Trey Young's going to continue to go, grow. Cam Reddish is going to continue to get better. DeAndre Hunter is going to get back. Which all that brings me to say, if the Hawks were healthy, this game, this series would have been different. And that whole playoffs would have been different. And I know you, you know, you can't always depend on the playoffs. Or, you, I mean, you can't always say, oh, you were hurt. But, like, that's legitimately what happened. And the only reason why I'm frustrated about that is because Atlanta still doesn't seem to get respect in these certain aspects. You get a guy like Chris Broussard, and he was saying this on First Things First. Um, I, I, I personally just don't like Chris Broussard, but he, he was talking about how m- most teams were hurt. And there was a record-breaking number of big injuries in these playoffs, as nine All-Stars had missed the game at some point. But he said if it would be a real championship and actually mean something if the three other teams who were in the conference finals would have won the championship. But he had to make note that it wouldn't be the same if the Hawks did it. Which makes absolutely no sense. Because it completely disregards how DeAndre Hunter got hurt in the Knicks series and they still went out and did their thing. That 76er series would have been completely different if he actually played, but he had a torn meniscus. And then Trey Young goes down against the Bucks. Like, how are you going to say that it's only one team that it doesn't count if, if, um, if they win the championship. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't give a fuck who is injured. I don't care. If that team has a championship. You name them the championship. Bar none. Everybody experiences injuries. And you don't take them away. Or you don't discredit those things. Just because your feelings are hurt a little bit. Or you want them to fit your little narrative. Of what a true team is. Or what a true superstar is. Miss me with that. This Atlanta Hawks team, they're going to be back. This Atlanta Hawks team is going to be no joke next year because they're going to continue to build, and those young core of players are going to continue to get better. You're listening to The Slip with Brandon Baird. All right, all right. It is time to get into a little bit of Braves talk. And... um. You know, if you got your drinks, put it in the air. If you got your bottles, pour a little bit out. Um, you know, we have to... Uh, we got to pour some out for my man Acuna. Uh, poor guy, tore his ACL. Um, quite frankly, I don't expect much from the Braves um, going forward. Uh, 
I mean, it's just I, I honestly didn't expect much from the Braves even before the injury. They they had looked like a five hundred team. They had played like a five hundred team. And honestly, the record is below five hundred. So there wasn't much that I could have expected because I don't even with Acuna here, I don't think the changes that needed to be made were going to be made for for that team to really make the playoff push. Like they're in such a great position of struggling for a majority of the year and only be five games back or even maybe I think it was four games back of the division lead at the All-Star break. Any other Braves team, I'm like, oh, they can make that push. They, they, can, they can push for the playoffs. They can win this division. But not this team. This team just doesn't have that same fire. Um, something that these past three years, um, ever since 2018, uh, the Braves were able to make late late game comebacks. They were able to pitch well. And their bullpen has been fantastic. All three of those things have not happened. Um, this season, they have the most um, leads blown after the seventh inning. They don't have that same late game heroics. And their bullpen is straight booty cheeks. And it continued. They they could have won a series against Tampa Bay, but they didn't because the bullpen blew a game. The bullpen actually blew two games. They could have swept the team. And you know, I know some things happen, but if your bullpen is giving up that many runs and making it that easy then then you aren't going to win games you got to be able to pitch you got to have late game pitching people like Chris Martin has not been able to pitch as well Chris Mentor is being lit up this year Shane Green after being signed late is has been absolutely terrible he can't throw strikes he can't strike anybody out he can't get anybody out I'm sure if you look at the most two-out hits and the most two-out RBIs, it's going to be against the Braves. That's the kind of season that they're having. These are all things that combined with the whole team not hitting well, the whole team striking out too much, these are not recipes for, for success. How do you expect to... to be in the playoffs if you're making all of these mistakes. And it's only being compounded by, by managing. Brian Snitker has not been good this year. Brian Snitker is leaving starters in too long. He's, he's putting too much faith in some of the hitters. His lineups seem a little funky. And the fact that the Braves are even performing at this sub-500 level with all these mistakes is absolutely miraculous. This team is not a team that I feel is... It, I, I just don't see them tank, um, turning anything around. 
and and I, I'm okay with uh, the Jock Peterson trade. Um, but you know what? What the hell is it gonna do? It's that's a that's a good piece to add if you have Acuna, and I still don't think it would be enough because until you address the bullpen, and until you address um, the the rotation that's consistently getting hurt, and if the manager isn't managing that pitching staff correctly. This is the stuff that you're going to get. And, you know, at the end of the day, they got to really consider is is this actually money that you want to be taking on at this point? Now, the person they traded away, Bryce Ball, was having um, a, a really tough time in double A. Um, so I'm not hurt that he got traded away. He was a 24-year-old that was primarily a hitter that wasn't hitting. That's okay. Watch him come up with the Cubs and be a beast. But whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but, you know, my expectations for the Braves as they finish out this year is you got to finish strong. At least show that you are a team that people should be afraid of next year. At least show that you're a team that is capable of putting together good at-bats. Show that you're a team that can play easy baseball so that you can keep working on being an overall good team that can do more than just hit for power. Because right now, that's all they rely on. They just rely on home runs. And that's cool when you got seven people in your lineup that can hit home runs at any point, but they don't have that this year. They had that last year. They don't have it this year. So they got to put together better at-bats. And, you know, if you're going to make a trade, make a trade. Don't 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 keep putting up these little, these small nonsense trades for like Jock Peterson. You got to, if you're going to make a move, make a move. Because just as you've seen with the process in the 76ers, see how that worked out. You can't play for now and the future. You see that in Boston in basketball. They're trying to play for now and the future and see how many rings they got. When you have a team that you feel like is ready to make that push towards the playoffs and for a championship, make the big move that needs to get done and don't worry about the prospects. Make the move that's going to help you win. Otherwise, stop bullshitting us and don't make any trades at all grow the prospects but you can't have this middle ground and what Alex Anthopoulos is it stuck in right now is a middle ground where he doesn't know if he is ready to play for the future or now and if you look at this team they are a piece away but it's not going to be this year not when your potential MVP candidate is down because you're going to need more than just Freddie and Ozzy. And right now, Dansby isn't doing it. Darno is hurt. Austin Riley is cooling off, coming back to earth a little bit. These are those things that are happening that make you think like, hey, maybe, maybe this isn't a year for them. And that's okay if it's not the year for them. But don't bullshit and trade prospects just to do it. 
because real fans and real people that know baseball can say through that bullshit. We aren't dumb, Alex. We aren't dumb. Thank you for tuning into the Slip in Atlanta Sports Podcast for the true ATL. Next week, I'll be back with some more Falcons talk. Training camp is approaching. I'll be getting into some Braves talk. Let's see if they actually make any trades or if they actually get better and if they actually can pitch. Um, and then we'll also be talking um, a little bit of some Atlanta United. Let's see how they do after Follow me on Spotify, follow me on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Stitcher. I'll be back. Tune in Saturday for the next episode of Slip in the Man. Also be out looking for the one any Slip Invitational. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then on Sunday, I think I'm going to have Slip Sunday session. I'll see you all there.